Good morning and welcome again to Words of Hope, a series of talks here on WBOC. I'm Mark Yoder, grateful again for this opportunity to share a few minutes with you this morning. Your family and friends and church family, thank you for taking time to spend this time with us. And if you're a regular listener on WBOC and kind of wondering about this preacher guy intruding into your morning, uh, let me just encourage you to listen for a few minutes, see if there's not something that we can share that'll be of hope and encouragement to you. One of the things that motivates me to even try to do this is that I do see many people discouraged with the attempt they've made to reach out to God to find some kind of meaningful relationship with the Lord. In fact, <clears throat> this past week I was talking to a man at his house and he said, I've just pretty much given up on Jesus and on God. And he went on to say that his wife is a believer and is some family members, he said, when she leaves on Sunday morning to go to church, he said, I sit here on the couch and I say, well, God, here I am. And if you want to show up today, uh, I'll be glad to visit, glad to chat. And he said, but he never shows up, he said. And he didn't seem to all that impressed when I shared with him the idea that maybe, maybe God had sent me there to talk to him and share some things with him. I, I guess my halo wasn't in full bloom that morning, I'm not sure. But what, what I'm saying by all this is that I really, truly believe with all my heart that it is worth your time to seek the Lord. And, I, and if you're discouraged with it and you're discouraged with how your journey has gone, uh, I want today to try to speak some words of hope and just share from my own personal testimony some of the ways that God has made himself known and will make himself known to those that seek him. From my, ver from my childhood, a verse uh, comes to me again as I share those words, without faith it is impossible to please God, but he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And this verse reminds us that uh, God truly wants to reach out to us. Uh, I mentioned the song last week, I sought the Lord and afterward I knew he moved my soul to seek him, seeking me. And I believe that is the heart of God, that he still is seeking a relationship with us. And when we reach out to him, it's amazing what he does in reaching out to us. One Sunday morning when I was a young man still on the farm with my dad he came to the barn one morning and said many people know John 3:16 and in fact that's a verse i referred to last week that for god so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life and dad went on to say that morning today though i want you to learn a verse from Malachi 3.16. And so that morning, struggling with the King James Version, I learned these words. Then they that fear the Lord spake often one to another. And the Lord hearkened, and he heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before them to them that feared the Lord and thought upon his name. 
So for many years, I could have quoted that verse to you if you had asked me about it, but also for many years, I had no idea the context of that verse. And one day I was reading through Malachi, and um, Malachi is a really special book. It brings up some very, very important principles. And it's a, a book in which God is kind of contending with his people. And for, for example, one place he tells the priests, he said, you come and you pray and you make sacrifices, but I won't listen. And they said, why won't you listen? And he said, it's because you broke faith with the wife of your youth. And, and again, the Lord reminds him that of, of the devastation that he desires a godly seed, and when there, it's why he said he hates divorce in that context. And and um, sometimes when I just like to remind people that when you try to say eloquent prayers and you try to speak fancy words, and the Lord doesn't hear, maybe just try being kinder to your wife and the people around you. Anyway, in this particular thing, the Lord is contending with his people, and. He's saying, you say harsh words against me. And they said, how do we say harsh words against you? And the Lord said, you say, it is useless to serve the Lord. There's no profit in trying to keep his ordinances that we have tried and it doesn't do any good. The righteous suffer, the wicked and the proud flourish. And so it's just, what's the use of trying to serve the Lord? And that is the context then in which the Lord says, but those that fear the Lord spake often one to another. And the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before them. It's as though the Lord says, I take great delight when my people recognize what I'm doing, and when they speak to one another, when they encourage one another with an understanding of what God is doing in their lives. In a little, I want to share a personal story of a time when I questioned God and how he brought me through some of those difficult days. We met half a dozen times, know your name, I know you don't know mine. But I won't hold that against you. You come here every Friday night, I take your order and try to be polite. What I've been going through If you looked me right in the eye Would you see the pain deep inside Would you take the time
just like everyone. Jesus, I need you, I need your love. Save my life. I went as a young pastor to Ohio, um, was, had planned to be a dairy farmer my life, and then we had been called to go as, as uh, missionaries to Trinidad, and when that door was closed, I wasn't quite sure what to do, and I ended up as a young pastor in small Mennonite church in Ohio. During that time, I started doing ministry at the Ohio State Reformatory there in Mansfield. God had opened some really special doors and some special opportunities there. and I was amazed at how these men were growing and memorizing Scripture and studying the Bible. And But I was also often concerned about some of just the wounding that I saw in these young men as well. During one of my teachings, I was doing a teaching on the Christian home, the father-son relationship. Many of these men had children, and I was trying to share some principles with them about uh, relating to their children. But for some reason that night, we I didn't get to say very much. These young men began to tell their stories. And as they shared their stories, I found my heart just kind of coming to a place of a sort of hard, cold spot. They told of, of fathers that would just beat them and and uh, abuse their mother and have a series of women that would come through and the kinds of things that happened there. And, and one man was saying how that his father would teach him how to steal, and if he didn't do it right, he'd get beat for it. And the stories, by the end of the, that night as I walked out of there— I felt so much anger. And I remember saying to the Lord as I was leaving there that night, if I was raised in that kind of a family, I would be worse than those guys by a lot. And I I actually truly believe that. My my personality, hot-tempered and so on, I, I wouldn't have handled that kind of childhood very well. And then I started saying even more than that, I started saying, Lord, if you were born with our sin nature, then you, and put in those situations, then you would be just like them. I just found myself there for a season. I really didn't want to preach. I certainly didn't want to go back to the prison. I found myself uh, just finding a root of bitterness in my heart towards God and towards this whole system, this whole world system that seems so out of joint. I had one kind of interesting that happened during that season. I um, 
this was a time when I was also a dairy farmer. I was very busy and so many responsibilities. I, I decided I was going to skip going to the prison in one of my assigned times. I called the chaplain, and I'm not even sure he was a Christian. Um, don't know that he knew Jesus at all. But anyway, when I called and said I thought I wouldn't come, he said, oh, Mark, you really need to come today. There's somebody who wants to see you. Well, I was surprised, but I felt like I better go. And I remember getting there to the prison that day and just being shocked by all, almost all the security was bypassed. I had someone meet me at the door. They took me back to this chaplain's office. And when I walked into his office, into this little private room, there was this young redheaded man. And when I walked in, he jumped up, he gave me a hug, and he said, Mark, I promised the Lord today that if you would come, I'd get saved. It was almost as though the Lord said, if you'll just get out of the way of my message, I'll reach people. And that day, I just, without a lot of heart in it, simply told him the story of Jesus. And he wondrously came to the Lord. In fact, his life was really changed after that. So I knew that the gospel message was still powerful and still changed lives. But I still found these kind of uh, negative thoughts towards God just constantly there. One day we had a unusual day there on the farm. My boys and I were working together, made hay, everything went well, the cows were doing well. One of the prettiest early summer days you could possibly have. And after finishing the day's work that evening, I went out on the field there behind the barn, close to Mount Vernon, Ohio, Knox County. I don't know if any of you know that area or not. I remember as I walked out there, I was aware again that night that in my history that evening would have been a time when I would have felt very close to God, very connected, very a sense of his approval and of his blessing. But instead, these thoughts were gone through my mind again about just the unfairness, the injustice, that how can God judge people who have so little chance for some reason, I'm not a person that says over and over that God says this and God tells me that. I I believe it's amazing how God does speak to us, but it's not the kind of thing I experienced that night. It doesn't happen every day. But it was like the Lord said to me, where is this going to take you? And I remember it was like my eyes were open and I saw myself as an old man. I could see myself bitter, cynical, full of many, many questions and, and anger. And I, could, I, I, I had this picture of how that was going to affect my whole life, my marriage, my relationships, my children. And I was filled with terror at where it was going to take me. And I said, oh, God, please don't let that happen. And then I looked up into the stars that night, one of the clearest nights I've ever remember or seen, and a verse came to mind. It said, God's attributes are known by the things that he made. In other words, creation speaks of his vast strength and wisdom and might. And I've learned to know much more about the size of our universe and how amazing creation is. But that night, just the vast, starry host, it was like it spoke into my heart. And I thought, you know what? What? What would, what would it be like if I spent all my life gathering 
a pocket full of five-cent questions that I thought would stump God and he'd have no answers for. And then I stood before him, and in just a moment, five minutes or less, he would explain to me in his infinite wisdom what he was doing and why he did it the way he did it. And I remember just saying, oh, God, from now on, you answer your own questions. Uh, I'm not big enough, but I'll just spend the rest of my life telling people about Jesus and about the amazing grace that comes when we turn to him. I'm pretty sure today that if I could talk to some of you personally, you would have a story as hard as the one I just said, told you about, or maybe worse, places where you feel like life really absolutely makes no sense, where things have happened that will never have an answer. <clears throat> but I believe today, again, that God wants to speak hope into the most difficult place that you are in and the most difficult situation that you've ever experienced. Some of you, without even realizing it, have begun to say harsh things against the Lord, sort of like the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, when they said it just doesn't pay. What, what often happens is people are actually blaming God for the things that the enemy has done. Satan and his schemes and in his uh, deception leads people into places and causes things to happen, and many times the bitterness is against God that really are things that the enemy has done in our lives. I often share with people that we were made to absolutely enjoy life. God put us on this earth to enjoy the things that he made in the incredible world that he created for us. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord, <clears throat> but so many times things come in and they cause us to question and they cause us to doubt. And then before long, our life becomes full of some bitterness and resentment. <clears throat> Instead of seeing any good, we just tend to see all the negative. What happens to people in those situations, they begin, since we're made to enjoy life, they begin to fill their life with cheap substitutes. Many times when you see people involved in immorality and even drugs, alcohol, and things that are obviously leading them to a place of heartache. It's because they long to have fun. They long to have enjoyment. They long to have a relationship, relationships that matter. And I often share with people that it is difficult to tell the difference sometimes between the things that are of the enemy and of the Lord. And in fact, um, Surgery is kind of similar in some ways to being stabbed in the back. Uh, the pain is there. It takes a while to recover. But the design and the intention is totally different. Surgery is to get rid of something that should go, sickness or, or cancer or whatever, sometimes to uh, just remake us. And there's pain and there's... Um, suffering, but it's for a good purpose. But being stabbed in the back is to steal, kill, and destroy. And there are many Christians and even others that are trying to thank the Lord for the enemy's stabbings and instead of learning to submit to the Lord's surgery. And I tell people, our amazing God can do 
surgery through the stab wounds of the enemy. But when you allow the enemy to come in with his lies and to tell you how negative everything is and blame God for the bad things that happen and don't learn to get under the wisdom and direction and guidance of the Lord, uh, then it is very easy for bitterness to come into your life. But again today, we have good news. That good news is that God is not done working in our lives. He never quits. And even today, <clears throat> he extends hope and meaning and purpose. In a couple minutes, I want to come back and share some final thoughts today in these words of hope. Well, late one night, she started to cry and thought he ain't coming home. She was tired of the lies, tired of the fight, but she didn't want to see him go. She fell on her knees and said, I haven't prayed since I was young. But Lord above, I need a miracle. Well, no matter who you are and no matter what you've done, there will come a time when you can make it on your own. And in your hour of desperation, not the only one praying Lord above I need a miracle I need a miracle He lost his job and all he had in the fall of old night Now he feared the worst that he would lose his children and his wife So he drove down
stop for one minute today, but I want to imply that this faith journey is just a easy journey. Not what I, for one minute, want to imply that if you get it right, everything will go right. I am not one of those people that believes that Christians are entitled to success and <clears throat> no, no trials, no struggles. But what I do believe today is there is hope. <clears throat> All over the world, God is bringing this message of what Jesus has done and how he changes lives. It's not a fairy tale. It's not something made up. It is Jesus lived in time and space in a place in history. Uh, when people questioned him, he said, don't just believe me for the words that I speak, but believe me for the, the works that you've seen. The dead are raised. The sick are healed. The blind receive sight. And the things that Jesus did speak for who he was. <clears throat> Some people think that he has lived in a time when people didn't know any better. But the very first question that Mary had when she was told she'd be with child is, how is it possible since I've never been with a man? And people who come and say they're God or they're the, some egomaniac, person that thinks they're way better than the rest of the world, we don't follow them. We put them in mental hospitals, and I've watched people like that. And I remind you today that there is good reason to believe that Jesus is who he said he is, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, God who became flesh. You know, in a few weeks, I'll be going to India again, and sometimes I just wish I could take people with me and let you see what God does when the hope of Jesus comes into a village and when people come to see and to know this amazing grace I've been speaking of today. Husbands quit drinking and abusing their wives and become kind fathers and start to care about their children. And um, we have a an orphanage of 120 children, a house of hope there in the a tribal area in Odisha, and it's it's just again and again a demonstration of how Jesus changes lives and how <clears throat> when people invite him and, and 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 open their lives to him, how lives are changed. And I know that God wants to bring that same change to each of you today. <clears throat> that does not happen because you have everything figured out and every question answered. But it does begin to happen when you are have the humility and you have the desire to hear what he wants to tell you and to follow. I used to tell my children, you can't seek God's will as a curiosity thing to see if you like it. And then you take it because you wanted it anyway. We seek his will and we seek what he wants for us. And because we know without it, we're lost and were hopelessly uh, astray. So today I want to invite you again um, to put simple faith in Jesus. There are still many questions, things that we can't make a lot of sense out of in life. But this message is true, that Jesus came into the world to save sinners. As I always tell people, I qualify, and I know that each one listening to me today also qualifies. And I often say to people, 
God doesn't clean his fish before he catches them. He says, come to me, and then he does the cleaning process. And many people are so reluctant to make this kind of commitment because, again, they're afraid it won't work or they what do people think of them and they'll be embarrassed. And I always tell people, don't try to act like you're better than others. Don't try to <clears throat> pretend you're something you're not. Just learn every day to say, Lord, I need you. I need your help. And when you speak to friends, you don't tell them how good you are. You simply say, I've set my heart to follow in Jesus. And that begins little by little to make a change, to make you into a different person. Thank you for making this a part of your morning. Join me next week for another edition of Words of Hope.